hammer down and push your IndyCar to the limit. No better way to quiet your critics than to go to victory lane. From turbochargers to tight turns, we're covering everything that's happening in the NTT IndyCar Series. Exclusive interviews with drivers, crew chiefs, and team owners discussing the IndyCar storylines that matter to you. No matter whether it's a street circuit, a road course, a super speedway, or a small oval. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Welcome, everybody, to Brick by Brick, your one stop for all that is happening, unfolding, and occurring in the world of the NTT IndyCar series. As always, my partner is Tony Kanan, the 2013 Indy 500 champion. And TK, this is a show where we really want to take full opportunity of the dust is settled. We've had time to think things through. And we certainly a little bit later will project some of the off-season topics. But going back and reviewing the entire season, in your estimation, what do you consider the biggest story or trend that we witnessed throughout the 2022 campaign? I mean, competition side, I was amazed that New Garden won five races and did not win the championship. So to me, that stands out how, I mean, we all kept staying the whole year, consistency, consistency, consistency. And we won one race. So that shows you that sometimes if you go for the all or nothing, it's really... Uh, and can cost you the championship, you know? And I think uh, I'll talk about consistency. On the other hand, I think it was uh, probably, we haven't seen this drama in a while in outside the race car, you know? So many things happening, uh, so many parts moving. Uh, it's there still. I mean, we just got the news that Hertha is not getting the super license. So I guess he's lost our game. He's going to stay in IndyCar, but... Um, and you see the controversy that we talked about creating a panel to decide they have options or opinions about um, driver contracts. And then yeah, the contract about, review board that we were advocating. Right. right. Then yeah. we need we talk about, you know, changing the super license points to see if, uh, you know, because in my opinion, that is no way that we shouldn't count as good as Formula 2 if we think about, you know, but. And that's FIA, they have different rules. So two things that st stood out the most, consistency in the championship, that's what actually at the, at the end gave the, the winner the championship and the controversy of a lot of things outside the track. See, I think years from now, we're going to take a look at this season. And I agree with you about how consistency rewarded uh, uh, willpower. And it certainly was a real treat to visit with him last week and be part of his celebration. But I think the injection over the course of the last couple of years of, of these young drivers, whether they're from Europe or coming up the IndyCar ladder system. And I think we were in a position as an industry where we needed that with all due respect to old farts like me and you, all right. you, you had to take a look at it. And what amazed me is normally, as you know, and you experienced it when you went from Indy Lights to IndyCar, that is a much wider chasm to cross than most people realize. But thanks to some rules 
in the Indy Lights, thanks to, I think, you know, probably this generation being more, shall I say, comfortable in an electronic world. Look at the performance of Malukas. Look at the performance of, of even even Brian Herta's kid, Colton Herta, which we, we can talk about that super license issue in a moment. I think looking back, I think I've said it before and I'll say it again. I truly believe that we have never witnessed an era in IndyCar history that is so promising. And look, it's created its share of conflicts. You know, the old guard has to look in their mirror and they see the young guns just not chiseling away, but blowing up the box and, and, and taking over. Yeah, but Jack, think about it, right? So let's go back almost three decades ago when Mario and AJ were even more than that, but they were racing. But then we came up. Remember, the, the renovation of drivers was much quicker in the past. You know, when I came in with Elio and Greg Moore and Dario, then Bobby was going, Alonso Jr. was leaving. I mean, Michael was retiring. But with my generation already, we, we took care of ourselves for so long, so much better than the older. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. We last a lot longer. And, and, let's, think, and let's point out, too, the, the safety initiatives have right. certainly made it much more comfortable for you as far as into your 40s to continue what, look, back in the Mario and AJ days, they used to, it used to be a very sick cliche, the life expectancy of a race car driver, and you think it was bad in IndyCar, look at Formula One, was was shorter than, let's say, a test pilot. Right. Because strange things happen. But that's all changed, and that's created, as you're saying, that comfort level where you guys stay around a hell of a lot longer than, than the people that preceded you. Right, but I think now it's time, Jack. I think my generation now, finally, it's getting quote-unquote, out of the way. Myself, Elio has probably another year. Then we have Will, Dixon, Pagino. I mean, and you have this young guy, so I think what's going to happen now, they are so young, right, that this cycle, after this cycle, that's what's going to happen again. They're going to last even longer than us. So could you imagine one of those young guns that we would still be talking about them and they competing beyond the age of 50? No, but I mean, okay. think about it. If they're 20, they're going to race for, you know, if they race until they're 45. I'm 48. Yep. I was 23. See, if they race for 20 years, I mean, they're going to be 40. In their 40s, they're still, I mean, we're still good. So they have 30 years in IndyCar, if you think about it, you know. Wow. So that's something that I wanted to bring it up. And I was thinking about it before the show for the fans to, to actually think. It's, we could be facing a big turnaround, all these young kids, they're awesome. This rookie class this year, talent kids. Now we could be facing for the next 20 years, not big changes anymore. We're going to see the older guys retiring and some young guns coming in, filling in, because think about that too. All these rookies, I mean, 80% of them are not in the top teams yet. What's yet. going to happen yeah. when Penske is going to renew his drivers and Ganassi is going to renew his drivers. Andretti probably it's going to happen soon. I mean, hurt to stay, but they have, you know, so it's going to be interesting 
the next five years, I would say even a little bit less, what's going to happen, uh, you know, to this uh, new, new young, whatever you want to call it, lineup of drivers. But also, there's always, and I subscribe to the theory that anything progress that's made, there's the law of unintended consequences. And certainly, we saw Linus Lundquist basically dominate the ladder system, the Indy, the Indy lights presented by Cooper tires. And I featured him on my podcast this week. And this is the second year of competition. And I asked Linus what his plans were for 2023. And he said, I'm definitely not coming back to Indy lights. And I said, well, does that signal that you've got at least an opportunity at the IndyCar uh, level? And he kind of dances around it. You, you want to check out wind tunnel because it left me a little distressed. TK sometimes having a good ladder system is absolutely predicated, but then limited by the number of available seats, which goes back yeah. to our competent, to our conversation. You guys but, are hanging around longer. Yeah. But Jack, also you need to think about, it's all about timing. I mean, look at the formula one. I'm going to give you an example. Piastri won the formula two championship two years ago and he set out this year. Yeah. Uh, it, it's about timing. And I think for him, for Lundqvist is it's really, I, I hate to say it, but it's bad timing. Yeah. We got yeah. so many good rookies this year and, and, and with, the car changing, the engine changing, the engine manufacturers are not making extra engines. Teams are adding not a lot of cars because everybody has two or three cars, four cars. I mean, we have five cars. So I, 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 I see what you're saying and I agree. It's concerning because I am not sure. Uh, I think you'll be on the grid in some races because eventually you'll find somebody to partner up with. You, you saw the way Simona did with Ed. But well, I, and let's not forget, A.J. Foyt has not named his drivers, and he's right. losing at the bare minimum one. And, yeah. uh, you know, so, and and look, like it or not, you and I both have a tremendous respect for what A.J. has done, both as an owner and a driver. But that is a team that is caught in the cusp of progress. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Larry Foyt is struggling, doing the very best he can. But that having been said, having the sponsorship issues that they had this season, I submit to you have, have pretty much, uh, I would say retarded their growth and probably restricted it to where they are back. Uh, maybe where they were two or three years ago before they started assembling a staff that had at least a competitive side to it. Yeah. I mean, that is a seat there for sure. Uh, is it where he's wanting to be i mean i know he was talking about coin you're right i think there's a lot of things that need to be changed at foyt but i don't know i've been there i mean i love aj i love larry we both um, do yeah it's almost like you need to start over again to well, be honest. but that's, um, a, that's a story that we certainly we, we will right track and publicly Jack, and privately we feel it yeah you know it's i i i i highly doubted it's about people we have good people there scott harner is there i mean yeah it's it's the mentality and then you know leadership comes from the top and i think larry is a great leader but aj still runs the place 
Well, that was what I was going to say. And look, it's kind of appropriate, but it's a little bit different. You know, uh, the United Kingdom, we just finished saying farewell to uh, to Queen Elizabeth II. And we now, uh, you know, have, uh, you know, King Charles III. And look, he is the oldest intern ever in the monarchy. But it, it, it is a case of what does he do? And as long as A.J. Foy is the king and still walking this planet. Larry is going to be the Prince of Wales, so to speak, even and be the intern in waiting. And nobody, I mean, we all think that as Henri as AJ is, he's going to live to be a thousand. So we, we know about that. I want to go back to something you touched upon because the news did break that Colton Herta, who, oh, by the way, I would submit to you, had an underachieving year. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. And that's probably why I hurt him a little bit uh, also to get the license. I think he, uh, you know, I, we, well, the underachievement, uh, it, it goes without saying, because I'm pretty sure he's not happy with his season, but also it goes with expectation. We put a lot of expectation because of, of course. last yeah. year uh, he made a few silly mistakes in the past and we thought, well, experience is just going to make him grow. But I think I wouldn't actually just, attribute his lack of results this year just to himself. I think the team actually, it was a little bit messed up with the dynamic there with the addition of Romain and those guys are not getting along. It, it was no, I got to tell you, you know, it was missing at Andretti. And I think now because we're in that reflection mood, we did not realize just how much Ryan Hunter Ray contributed to the dynamics yeah, but racing. that's that's the way it happens, right? Look, oh, when of I course. Left, when yeah. I left that year, they didn't even qualify my car the following year for the 500. So, but we only, this is human, right? We only miss things after, unfortunately, most of the time after you lose them. And, and, and you're right. And they put another guy into that car that didn't really sit well with the other two and then the whole story. But back to the Colton Herta uh performance i think yes he did underachieve this year and as you said he's not been granted that 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 super license and i i went off on a tangent last week and i do apologize to everybody uh you know we're referencing formula one which happens to be owned and and operated by liberty media which also has a footprint in indycar and has a footprint right here on sirius xm that having been said it is the fia that is the one that issues the, the so-called super licenses. But I do remember, uh, TK, when IndyCar drivers were issued super licenses. The FIA recognized the Indianapolis 500. And oh, several no, but we still solicited. do. Well, wait, let me finish. But yet now it's almost as if, as if the FIA is determined outside of the Indianapolis 500 all right. and the championship and the championship, the product is look, it's not equal to formula two. All right. No, not even close. It, it, it's superior to formula two. And in the off season, uh, I would certainly urge the powers that be, uh, you know, Mark miles and Jay Fry, et cetera. And I'm sure this is already underway back channeling to the FIA. What do you think would happen if all of a sudden the besides the 500, besides the championship, 
there were selected events. I think you could make the argument if the Monaco Grand Prix is a street race, you know, maybe you select a street race. You know, in other words, we need more available points at the IndyCar level because I think that that bringing the FIA back under the tent and recognizing, look, all IndyCar races are not created equal. I get it. But I do believe that it needs to be a monumental lobbying effort to open it yeah. up, especially with the young kids. I honestly don't think the FIA care about us. To be no, perfect, I don't not. think they do either. Yeah, and I don't think they will change anything. Uh, the the rules are the rules, <clears throat> um, and that's why Colton didn't get his license. The champion and the eighty five hundred winner will get the super license. All the others have to meet some criteria. Obviously, it didn't help that Colton didn't have a good season. If he had won five races, I think they would have been different. Um, but he didn't. Uh, there is no question Colton can drive a Formula One car, which is proven in testing. Yep. But it's the rule. So the FIA, for they've always been like that. Um, they've, you know, they really don't care. Um, when it suits them, they they make things happen. When they don't, they don't care. Like when Max Verstappen came to Formula One, he didn't have a super license, you know. And then after that, they made the rules. So anyway, um, yeah, Jack, I think that we can sit here and talk about all kinds of different scenarios that we could create a better system for the super license for us. I don't think FAA cares. So they have their drivers there. They're going to try to help the latter series, which that I can't blame them. They invest a lot of money <clears throat> the same way we do uh and in the lights but it's unfair but there are so many other things in the world that it's unfair that i don't even yeah i don't want to argue because i get angry but yeah a, I mean, a very good friend of mine once said life is not fair fair is where you pin a blue ribbon on a pig okay <laughs> so let's move to the other positive uh the growth of the series in terms of viewership uh continues to rise continues on the uptick and I'll be the first to admit, I was very concerned when Peacock, the NBC arm of digital, uh, decided that they were going to, in essence, be the home for the IndyCar series. And yet, unlike uh, a period of time where you had the same thing back in the day with ESPN, they stepped up to the plate, viewership up 5%. Uh, and it's really, to me, it's the shoulder programming that was always available on Peacock. And oh, by the way, the ability, and I found myself doing this, there were numerous occasions where I was conflicted. Hold on a second. On USA, they're going to be covering the IndyCar race, but yet it's also juxtaposed next to the NASCAR Cup race. Well, it was difficult for me to record and review later the nascar cup race but as soon as they dropped the checkered flag there on um, the stock car boys i could go and watch in its entirety on peacock and uh, I, I think that that in today's generation not old farts like me and you but today's generation that want to get it on their phone on their ipad on their computer i, I think that that accounts for some of the growing popularity a hundred percent i mean like you said look at you you're not used to that, but you went back there and then you watched it. So did I. And and I mean, well, I had to call my grandson to tell me how to do to it. Teach you how to do it. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, but I, I see this generation, I see it in my house every day. These kids, I mean, they do not watch TV. They do not watch normal local channels. And they just, they're always on the internet, on their tablets or their phones. So I think that's part of the growth. I think IndyCar did a great job adding a lot of, you know, the big races on NBC Live that helped. Um, I mean, Peacock, with NBC Sports went away. We all got concerned, but look, look yeah. what happened. Like everybody complains, and after a year, we all we already forgot about NBC Sports, and we only talk about Peacock. So it was a transition that I personally thought was going to be a lot slower and a lot worse, and I bite my tongue because it it, it was great. I mean, like you said, viewership is up, and uh, we're, we're heading in the right direction. All right, so let me pose this question before we close out this segment and uh, welcome in uh, Marshall Pruitt uh, for his take on the season. The one thing that you would like to see IndyCar and their television partners do in 2023 that they have not done in 2022. I would like to see more IndyCar shows beside the race, besides the race. I want to see more content. I want to see a driver show like NASCAR does. I want to see a Netflix episode without the drama that we do. I mean, we need the only way we're going to get more fans. It's getting the word out. We have a great racing, a great product, but that's not enough. And we, yeah, we're on live TV, but that's not enough. We need to go abroad. We need to expand our viewership and then our awareness with different types of shows so we need more shows we need more 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 airtime more tv time regardless what it is to get it to get it out there certainly we saw the growing popularity and what it has done for formula one the netflix strip series drive to survive usa network now doing a similar thing in the race for the championship over on the nascar side and yes i agree but you also know as well as i do that that's a monumental task. It's very costly. And what I would advocate, I wholeheartedly endorse what you're looking for, but I would advocate, you know what we need? We need someone with all due respect that does not have ties to IndyCar and is really just your typical producer slash director. If you're going to get into that behind the scenes, pull back the curtain stuff, because he's going to see things far different than you and I do. And I think that that's the next absolutely positive step forward. You know, piss some people off. I'll guarantee you that. But what's wrong with that? Do we all have to sit around the campfire and sing Kumbaya? No, I mean, yeah, I see your point. Um, but like you said, I think we, we will need the funding to start anything like that. And right now, after, you know, obviously Rogers has done a great job acquiring the series in the Speedway, but let's face it, he bought it right before the pandemic. So he hasn't seen nothing about his investment back yet. So we cannot sit down and ask the guy, hey, we need to put more money into this. So I think it's coming, not as fast as we wanted it to come, but hopefully, I mean, like we just talked about, it, it's, it's growing. So hopefully... Yeah. Hopefully we get the crazy producer that will piss us all off uh, <laughs> showing stuff that we don't want to show. Exactly. Hey, coming up next, he's stopping by to contribute to our little conversation. 
in the postseason edition here Brick by Brick. Don't go anywhere. Marshall Pruitt of Racer.com. He is an insider's insider. He'll join me and Tony Kanan after you listen to this. Coming up next. TK, I'd love to get your thoughts, at least during this turbocharged era we've gone back to starting in 2012. I'm struggling to think between Chevy and Honda where there's been such a big year-to-year change or swap in fortunes from one brand to the other. Can you think of any other years during this this formula that's been as demonstrative as this one? Actually, Marshall, you don't get to ask me questions. I ask questions. This is wow. my okay. Ooh, attitude. Okay. Attitude, <laughs> yeah. Marshall. If you want to do a racer interview, call me later. You have myself. We'll talk about it. <laughs> We're hitting the brakes, but we'll be back on track after this. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Welcome back. It is Brick by Brick. He is Tony Kanan. Let's make it a threesome, shall we? No, not that kind of threesome. We're now joined from Racer.com. Marshall Pruitt is in the house. And Marshall, as we went to break, I said you were the insider's insider. So it's great to have you on board. TK and I uh, spent the first segment kind of reflecting on the season. We gave our opinions. It's your turn. Oh, well, as my cat Rocky jumps across my chest here. Thanks, buddy. Uh, boy, big overall, no doubt, number one congratulations to Team Chevy. Not talking about IndyCar teams first, but Team Chevy. And other than the Indy 500, where young Mr. Kanan was truly a massive participant and agent of change in Chip Ganassi Racing's amazing demonstration and Honda Performance Development's incredible win at our biggest race that we have the rest of the year, frankly, was a Team Chevy celebration. And you have to obviously, Jack, congratulate Team Penske, Will Power, all three of their drivers, Aero McLaren SP, they added a couple of wins to the tally for the year. But everything about how 2022 played out from a championship standpoint really and truly is about this year-to-year upgrade in performance by Team Chevy. It molded the results that we have. And TK, I'd love to get your thoughts, at least during this turbocharged era we've gone back to starting in 2012. I'm struggling to think between Chevy and Honda where there's been such a big year-to-year change or swap in fortunes from one brand to the other. Can you think of any other years during this this formula that's been as demonstrative as this one? No, no. I, I could go back on the champ car days with the Popovao issue that the Honda had with Toyota and stuff, but, you know, I don't, I don't recall it. But that actually leads me because actually, Marshall, you don't get to ask me questions. I ask questions. This is wow. my okay. Ooh, attitude. Okay. Attitude, <laughs> yeah. Marshall. If you want to do a racer interview, call me later. You have myself. <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> Look, whenever I make him mad, he just starts swinging and beats the head, beats up my knees like you wouldn't believe. So, hey, we uh, only my fought one. going to be in trouble. Marshall, we only fought once in life and we cried together afterwards. So let's, let's leave that up there. Um, Yes. Do you yes. think we all know? I mean, I actually mentioned on the show here a couple times this year. 
don't you believe the biggest difference that Chevy made was hiring Ray Goslin? Um, you know, there was an engine engineer. He came to be my second engineer. Then he became Hunter Ray's engineer for, I don't know, two decades, a decade, two decades. I don't know. Forever. And then obviously got, they, they raced Hondas forever. So Ray, understanding about the engine, but being an, a car engineer, Okay, people didn't think it was a big conflict. And then all of a sudden, he leaves Andretti because Hunter Ray left. And he joins Ilmor again. And all of a sudden, the difference and the deficit that the Chevy engine had against the Honda, it's gone. What, no what's question, your opinion about that? No question whatsoever, brother. And here's the part that it's interesting because I don't fully understand this next thing I'm going to mention. And I don't know if I can get an answer out of the Team Chevy side for it. So while Ray uh, Gosselin was Hunter Ray's engineer, they started out in this new turbo formula in 2012 as a Chevrolet team, right? Hunter Ray's championship in 2012 with Chevrolet. So during this era, Ray's had the good fortune to work with Team Chevy and Honda Performance Development understood their working styles, how they did what they did. The big thing that Ray brought to Ilmore, those are the good folks who build Chevy's IndyCar engines, he brought a recognition to them that said, hey, on the Honda side, they do something different with their drivers. They sit down with their drivers, the engine technicians assigned to every car. They sit down after every session And I don't know if we're so much talking about super speedways, but road courses, street courses, short ovals, as you know, having sat in those conversations and say, what do you need? How can Mm -hmm. we modify the engine's response and performance uh, through the the ECU? How can we tune the engine better to give the response that you want as a driver? And every driver, just like chassis setup, has their different peculiarities that they want and need. Uh, to make the car go fast and, and have a great balance and all the things they, they do to go quickly, well, you can tune the engine in ways that complement that. And that's been a Honda performance development standard practice forever. For reasons I don't fully understand, this really was not Team Chevy's approach. It was more of a, uh, everyone, this is our mapping go forth and be successful. And they had a lot of success, but they were leaving a little area of performance to exploit TK uh, on the table. And Honda was happy to say, cool, (laughs) we'll be the ones that give our drivers that little extra throttle response and how the motor performs on throttle, off throttle, all these things. If you're not going to do that, we happily will. Ray returning to Ilmore said, you know what? This isn't a, a, metal thing this isn't parts and pieces inside the motor that we need to change we just need to be more accommodating make treat our engines and the drivers who use them treat these like tailored suits not something off the rack like we've been doing before but perfect fit to everyone's needs boom instant increase in performance they they filled that performance gap for whatever reason they decided to not do beforehand and As we all heard from the very first day, Friday at St. Petersburg, race one of the year, drivers up and down pit lane were raving. Hey, they were asking me, 
what what could they do to make the motor perform more to my liking? We're not accustomed to that, but it's awesome. And then all of a sudden we saw Chevy have a tremendous year. So funnily enough, brother, perfect recognition. A guy who the average fan couldn't spot if he was standing by himself. <laughs> but Ray Gosselin, <laughs> truly a huge player in how the season turned out. Certainly affected a gigantic cultural shift. Uh, Marshall, let's let's go and focus on the offseason. Uh, items that still are yet to be resolved. Which one stands out in your mind? Got a couple here, Jack. If we spoke three weeks ago, I would have told you that Takuma Sato, without question, will be back full-time with Dale Coin Racing. If we spoke a week ago, I would have told you uh, I'm not 100% sure if our two-time Indy 500 winner is going to be back full time. No real negatives or drama here. Mm-hmm. Just I think Taku's at a place where he's weighing the pros and cons more heavily than ever. Had a rough year in his first year with Dale Coin Racing. Not laying any blame anywhere, just looking at the fact that after 17 races, he placed 19th in the championship. Uh, second worst since he came to IndyCar. Definitely not something that he or anybody would look at and be happy with. Could there be some changes made next year? Uh, Maybe more on the performance side, uh, the engineering side, to give him a little bit more uh, capability to demonstrate the speed that we've seen from him. That's one of the big questions here. If he chooses to not return full-time, I think that opens up the door for new Indy Lights champion Linus Lundqvist to step into that car. I've watched Linus for years. Anybody who's seen him, I believe, would say, this kid's got something real. Not saying he's a future IndyCar champion. He'll let us know that. Uh, but he's got he's got their good bones there, someone well, to work with. So we'll see. Well, it's interesting that you brought that up because TK and I were talking about it in the first segment, and I was very disturbed. He's one of the uh, featured guests on my Wind Tunnel podcast this week. And he came and said, look, I've made all the calls that I can. I'm 100% guaranteed that I will not return to Indy Lights competition. So uh, that will be fascinating to watch in the offseason because I think what he accomplished in the Indy Lights this year, he deserves a shot at the top echelon. No question. So let's, let's throw some spice in here, gents. So... Last year, Kyle Kirkwood won the Indy Lights Championship. His advancement prize was $1.2 million and probably something that y'all have heard for many years, fans have heard for many years. Indy Lights Champion gets this decent advancement prize, guarantee of participating in the Indy 500 and three other races. Big change, though, leaving 2021 where Indy Lights, in its last season, under promotion and administration from Anderson Promotions, fine folks who put on the entire road to Indy, Roger Penske, Penske Entertainment, and buying the series, it took a little while to realize, but part of that is they own the rights to Indy Lights. And so they said, well, we're going to take that back. So coming into 2022, our very first season of Indy Lights run solely by Penske Entertainment, no involvement from Anderson Promotions. Linus Lundqvist, last weekend, 
friends just received his advancement prize, $500,000. Whoa. Yes. Uh, not sure if you're familiar with a kid by the name of Lewis Foster. He just won the Indy Pro 2000 championship. Indy Pro 2000 run by Anderson Promotion, same as USF 2000, USF Juniors. Lewis Foster, for winning the middle tier of the road to Indy, friends, received an advancement prize from Anderson Promotions of $614,000 to pay for his season of Indy Lights. In 2023, he is signed with Andretti Autosport. The kid who won the middle tier of the road to Indy just received more of an advancement prize than our brand new Indy Lights champion and the $500,000 he was paid out by Penske Entertainment, a 58% reduction from what last year's Indy Lights champ received. This is problematic. And I still need to get some answers from folks at uh, IndyCar slash Indy Lights as to why this is, because for the folks that I've spoken with, Already, those on the team side who want to bring in great young drivers, have them pay for seasons of Indy Lights, all with the hope of getting a, a solid advancement prize to get to IndyCar, this could be a major roadblock. So not trying to blow up the show here, but just sharing that we have a lot to celebrate with our young talent, at least for the, the standard of what things have been with a $1.2 million uh, advancement prize. What this is is actually a complete uh, separation of what things used to be. That 1.2 number, when Anderson Promotions was running Indy Lights, IndyCar contributed 500,000. Anderson Promotions contributed 720,000. That's how we got to 1.2. Here in the first year of Indy Lights being run by Penske Entertainment without Anderson Promotions, no money obviously from Anderson and nothing from the new folks running the series to fill that back in. There were some folks shocked at the prize giving here last weekend at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway uh, at the small size of what our new lights champ has to work with to try and get to IndyCar. CTK, that's why we always have Marshall Pruitt and we enjoy it. Racer.com, Marshall Pruitt. You didn't blow up the show, all right? You dropped some knowledge on me and TK. And when you're our age, when you're our age, Marshall, any knowledge that gets dropped on you, is valuable. Hey, we always love visiting with you. Hope to uh, do it again very, very soon. We'll continue to listen to your podcasts and to your missives on racer.com. And we appreciate your joining us today. Thank you, friends. Coming up, we will wrap things up here on Brick by Brick. Don't go anywhere. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Well, you never have to worry, TK, when your guest is Marshall Pruitt. Not that he has opinions on everything, but because, as I said, he's the insider's insider, you just sometimes find you just want to sit and listen, right? It's the encyclopedia. How do you say it? Encyclopedia. Encyclopedia of IndyCar, man. It's uh, so many stories. And it's funny how, you know, you talk about a guy that he, he's a journalist, but he was a mechanic and he became a journalist. So he's been, he's been everywhere. So like, like you, you, the two of you, we could do a five hour show. Well, that, that would be, well, never mind. Hey, some of the questions that we've kind of tiptoed around, we talked a little bit about Andretti Autospart and what lies ahead for them. They're losing Alexander Rossi, 
who now moves over to Arrow McLaren SP Tyler Keel, um, not coming Good. back. Right. Uh, you know, your assessment of the future for Arrow McLaren SP. Big changes and big. Yeah. I mean, like your general manager is leaving and you're adding an extra car. You're bringing a heavy name like Rossi to add to, you know, to the team. Man, I don't know. Uh, a little concerning. They had a much better season than actually they had probably a better season than they ever had since they joined, you know, the partnership with Sam. Um, Sam was even talking about adding Kyle Busch, which is a fourth car to the 500. Um, concerning, I think, in my opinion, but I mean, I'm not there. I don't know. They probably had all the ducks in a row already uh, organized before, you know. And let's let's focus on what lies ahead for what was one of the very, very, very few one-car operations that ran the entire season, and that is Junkos Hollinger. Uh, with Callum Eilat. Eilat gets a teammate. You're there in Indianapolis, okay? Everybody loose lips, sink ships. So what are you hearing as to maybe who the candidates are for Eilat's uh, open seat as a teammate? It's been very quiet. The only name I've heard was Canapino, which is an Argentinian because Juncos is Argentinian. And right. he will have, I think, uh, that is a very high possibility. The kid is really good. And also, I think Junkos is going to try to bring some sponsorship from Argentina. He's trying to tie that, you know, to his country. Um, it's been a while that we don't have an Argentinian in IndyCar. So with all this, you know, diversity, Hispanics, and I, I, that's the only name, actually, I've heard Jack so far. And, and I have to say they've done a good job keeping it quiet. Or it's quiet because they don't have anybody. Or it's uh, they're doing an awesome job hiding it because there's not a lot of talk uh, apart from this guy, you know. And look, our our, our annual who's Dale Coyne going to snare <laughs> seems to have been put to bed. Uh, all indications are, and Dale Coyne has said it that that his two drivers will return, which leads me to what I think is the fascinating aspect of that. You talk about a guy with nine lives. It is Takuma Sato. Yeah. We were talking earlier in the show about you, you, you veterans and, you know, continuing to race into your forties. Uh, Takuma Sato has, has probably been, well, Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan, AJ Foyt racing. KV. Uh, yeah. KV racing. I mean, this guy, and how long do you think Taku will continue to compete? It's crazy because we don't realize how long he's been around. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I don't know. I mean, and every year is the same thing. Oh, we don't know if Sato's coming back. We and then he's back with his Panasonic sponsorship and his 400 other sponsors and his hat. And well, uh, Now, wait a minute. We used to make fun of him, but if you looked at your old friend, Helio Castroneves, and his cap lately. Uh, he's selling everything. He everything. sells everything. Everything. So... Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Jack. I honestly think he's going to keep coming back like, you know, look at me. <laughs> I keep coming back. So he's always very quiet and, he, you know, he's there. Every year he's there. And with that, guy, the guy won two Indy 500s. And, and came so, awfully close on several other occasions. 
correct. All right. You brought it up. So I'm going to drill right in. What's the latest update on you, partner? Uh, nothing much. Uh, of course, with uh, the Palu situation solved, we were trying to make it happen between my car, Jimmy's car. It's still up in the air. I think in the next month or so, we would have an idea. My first priority is to stay at Ganassi. Now, in another month or so, if we were going to have a good idea, if that's possible, if not, then there's not many cars available anyway. Um, and we'll have to try to see. I, I truly believe that I'll be in the 500 next year, but so far, I, that's, that's the honest truth. Um, I have a lot of interest for, from other teams, uh, a couple, I would say, but um, the priority is to stay where we, we are, so we'll see. And that leads us to the guy that you're trying to hitch the ride with, and that's Jimmy Johnson. After competing in a full season, uh, I, I don't think Jimmy has been trying to hide the fact that he's got Carvana on board, which is an absolute plus, and they'll buy into anything. He he look, he came over to IndyCar racing, as you know, because he wanted to check a bucket list item, check the box. He did that, and now everybody, I believe, is waiting to see, but. I would say on a one to 10, it's a 9.9 .9 that he will not be competing for a full IndyCar season in 2023, quite honestly, because he wants to be part of that NASCAR effort at the 24 hours of Le Mans with his old buddy, Jeff Gordon. And he also is, when I spoke to him, and I know you do, he has thoroughly enjoyed his efforts in the IMSA WeatherTech season. So I think it's now, I'll run the Indy 500, maybe a couple other races, but it's time for me to do what I originally intended to do, and that's go out there and have fun and build my resume with fun items. I agree. I think uh, he's going to do what I've been doing, driving yeah. four different, six different cars a year. But, uh, yeah, I see that happening. Uh, you never know with Jimmy because he will change his mind and, and he'll make it happen in a week. But as of today, I would say you're right, Jack. I think uh, I'll, I doubt it that he will come back a full time next year. And as we focus on the Indianapolis 500, as we should, certainly hoping that you'll be there. The saga of the engine supply uh, challenges, let's put it that way, not because they can't build them. It's quite honestly because both Chevy and Honda are preparing for the forthcoming, and I believe it's in like 18 to 20 months, the new engine formula. Uh, they don't have a, 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 an ability to lease out more engines than they have in the past, which means, A, expect 33 cars, no more, but B, it creates an environment where one-offs like you or doubles, like Jimmy wanting to do the double, or... Kyle Bush wanting to do the double or Kyle Larson wanting to do the double. Uh, in some cases, it may not be possible. Now, of all the drivers that I outlined, with the exception of you and Jimmy, those NASCAR interlopers, they would all have to get the Bowtie Brigade. They would have to get Chevrolet to open up and build and have available more one-off leases for the Indy 500. Do you see that happening? 
Yeah, I mean, let me put it this way, Jack. If myself, and then you talk about Kyle Bush and Kyle Larson, I mean, let me take myself out. I hate to talk about myself. Kyle Larson and Kyle Bush wanted to do the 500. I think anybody will find the engine. So I'm not concerned about that. I know, you know, you got to keep saying that. It's like no no different than the pandemic when you say, hey, you got to take care, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Come right. on, we've been around. Do you yeah. really think they, they're going to leave Kyle Bush and Kyle Larson off if they have the funding, the clearance to do it? Come, we'll find two angels. We'll take two angels out of somebody, despair. And and then we'll we'll give it to them. It's one race. Yeah, I mean that's true. I had one engine the whole month. You're talking about one spare engine, and I'm pretty sure that is somewhere somehow at Umore, an engine sitting in the corner there, and you can do it. Well, then let's let's invoke my old cliche, shall we? I was born at night, but not last, <laughs> not last night. night. That's right. <laughs> Hey, TK, it's been fun uh, kind of reminiscing, reflecting on the 2022 season and a little bit of uh, scratching the surface, projecting what we should expect in 2023. There's still a lot that's going to go down in this offseason, namely next up. Hopefully, now that we've had the champion celebration, somebody will announce a schedule for 2023. That would be nice. Our thanks to Marshall Pruitt for joining us today. Quick reminder that if you want more IndyCar uh, interviews, et cetera, why don't you subscribe to my podcast? That's Jackaroot's Wind Tunnel, which, oh, by the way, TK, since its inception, how about this? Just got the notification. Total downloads and or listens, 65,000. Oh, baby. Nine. Maybe I got a future there, huh? Uh, maybe, maybe. I'll send your resume. I'll try to see if uh, we can get you in somewhere. Thanks. That's really cool. For Tony Kanan, I'm Jack Aroot. Thanks for joining us here on Brick by Brick. Hey, a quick reminder, Brick by Brick is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed the episode that you're listening to right now and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.